Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. So thank you everybody for your time this morning. Myself and Ian are going to take you through this short slide deck, about 20-25 minutes, and then we're going to leave plenty of time for questions. So just a very quick reminder about the business. We have two business areas, Synergist Energy and Synergist Water. What we do in energy is basically we design and build plant rooms, district heating systems using heat pumps and other low carbon technology for our clients. And as you can see, it has massive effects in terms of reducing emissions and also cutting resident energy bills as well. On our water side of it then, we actually focus on making homes more water efficient or commercial buildings as well there. And again, you can see that we make some massive savings in people's water consumption. And on both sides of it, our technology package, Control Flow HL 2024, plays a really big, important role. And we'll come and show you in a moment what that's about and why it achieves the savings that you can see there. At the bottom, you can see some of our clients there, and this is just a range of them, just to give you a flavor there. So in terms of our HR, then just to remind, our year starts on the 1st of February each year to the 31st of January. So in terms of HR, really three or four things just to flag. In energy, our first major NHS Trust project, this was an 11.3 million pound contract with Kingston NHS Trust. I will show you in a moment a slide that illustrates how our acquisition of a company called Matheson last year really played a big part of that role there. We also secured a number of contracts post-period end. You can see those there at the bottom, 12.7 million pounds with Kensington Chelsea and a 7.2 million pound contract with the Museum Art Gallery and Leisure Complex there. Those sorts of awards reflect the ongoing investment in low-carbon solutions. In our water business, a very, very solid performance during H1 there. We saw growth in Spain and in India, and part of that is shown, we'll talk about in a moment, back to the change in contract size as well that's happened. In India, following our first Agritech contract with the state of Uttarakhand, pleased to say that we've got two other states that have got follow-up solutions that have adopted that solution there. Uttarakhand itself, the follow-up conversation has been delayed because there's been severe floods. And as you can imagine, that state officials really are focused on that right now. But the main Indian government is now trialing our technology in its own domestic water programs. But essentially, in India, you don't get water through the taps 24-7 at the moment. But the Prime Minister is committed to expanding that service and that offering and in the Indian government has seen our technology and is looking at that as an application that might help them offer that service to residents. And again, we'll talk about that in a moment. In terms of key financials, I'm going to let Ian in a moment take you through the detail. But the one I'd hang, sort of highlight, is the one at the bottom. So if you recall, we finished our financial year, £3 million in net debt. I'm pleased to say that we've now converted that into £0.5 million in net cash. And that's driven by the unwind of our working capital, which again, Ian will take you through in detail in a moment. But let me focus really on the news that we're giving people today. 
and really what's going on. So if I start on the water side, first of all, at the end of August, as you may be aware, we did flag because the government's rather unexpected announcement on the change on neutral neutrality, that there would be an impact on us there. And this resulted in basically some of our water business clients, principally development organizations or local authorities, pausing their work with us, whilst they're waiting for clarity on really what is the government's proposal going to be. At the moment, we don't know the detail because the government push got defeated in the House of Lords, but the government is going to come back with a dedicated bill, which they plan to publish next month. Our conversations with civil servants are pretty positive, and we hope that basically our solution can still continue to be used. But right now, we don't know the detail. So being prudent and cautious, we've assumed that we haven't built that into our numbers for next year yet. But the energy side is the one that I wanted to focus on there. So some of you may be aware, local authority and social landlords have annual capital budgets that they set. So when we came with our numbers for this year, we went and talked to all of our clients about saying, are you absolutely sure these projects are going to go forward and the like that? And the reason being that this sector has been under pressure from the real spike in building cost inflation over the last couple of years. You know, costs have gone up, for example, on insulation materials by over 48%. And because their capital budgets grow at about 6% a year, there's a bit of catching up going on there. So we only included projects that were going ahead. Now, what's actually happened is that the regulator, the social housing, reported last month that about 50% of organizations were going to have to rephase works in-year to manage in-year pressure on their capital budgets. This is basically cost of works they've begun this year have continued to rise. They've created a pressure on it. And because they have to meet their annual uh, budget targets, they're having to rephase their investment plans there. And the regulator went on to say that he expected the low point in terms of cash for this sector to be really mid-2024. Now, what's happened is that the end of September marks half year for our clients in this sector. And we've had an approach from three of them asking to talk about phasing of spend with us on current projects. So what they're talking about is existing projects which are underway. So things are happening on the ground, works are going on there. And what they want to talk about is, can we go and actually delay some of those works as a way of managing our cash pressure and pushing some of it into their next financial year, our financial year 25? So those decisions have not been completed. You know, they won't complete until the end of this month, really. But what we have to flag up, being a public listed business, is the likelihood is there will be some rephasing works, which is going to mean our revenue numbers for this year are going to be lower. And in terms of our profitability this year, again, that is going to be lower than market expectation exists. And although our clients in this area, and these clients have got multi-year programs, which we've been developing for them, give you a sense of it, one of them has got 26 tower blocks they want to upgrade across the next four years, starting this year. Our view is that if they're having to rephrase works, they've got annual capital budgets, some of the spend next year is also going to be moved into FY26. So we're advising people and our analysts have kind of produced projections on this, showing some of the spend from next year moving into FY26 there. 
And unfortunately, our turn margins are also affected because what's happening is that our teams have to sit on project sites much longer rather than actually delivering the project, moving on to the next one. So our operational leverage is reduced because of this issue there. So this is the reason for, unfortunately, the bad news that we do. No contract has been cancelled. There's no conversation in that respect at all. But because there is movement into it, we're seeing movement by a few months of current contracts going on. And we have to allow for those movements for slippage to continue from 25 into 26 as well. So let me turn over to Ian. We can talk about the financial results and what these changes really mean. Thanks, Vitesh. So I think in terms of age one, I think really this highlights the challenging environments in which the group is currently operating. So revenue, 26 million, an increase of 7% from the previous year. You can see their gross profit of 8.9 million and an adjusted EBITDA figure of 0.8 million. But I think as Matesh has mentioned, the most important figure there is that return to net cash, figure of half a million pounds compared to the net deposition of 3 million at the end of FY23. So in terms of group revenue, as Matesh has explained, our client budgets are coming under pressure uh, and delivery periods are being extended. In the first half of the year, our revenue split between public and private sectors was 81.19 in favour of the public sector, and we would expect that to change to an 83.17 split for the full year. You can see there on the right-hand side, our order book total of 146.2 million, of which we've delivered 28.5 million to the end of August. So that leaves approximately 118 million of revenue, which is either contracted or secured. And we are prudently assuming that a further 36 million of that will be delivered in the remainder of this year. So we expect approximately 16 million pounds of the order book to be delivered in FY25, which provides a strong base for the year. We typically expect to start a financial year with somewhere between 75 and 80 percent coverage. And that coverage is based on contracted and secured status. However, project start dates are guaranteed. In terms of the income statement, as I say, you can see there the revenue of 26 million. And of that, over 90% is from repeat customers. And it also included that is the post acquisition revenue from Brend, the Dutch business that we acquired at the end of April. Whilst, as Matesh mentioned, the average contract size has decreased in the period, this actually reflects uh, the increased number of smaller value, higher margin water contracts that we've been taking on and operating in H1. Uh, and if we actually look at the average size of new energy contracts in the period, that's actually increased to 5.1 million. Gross margin there is 34.1%. That really just reflects the project mix, which has been undertaken in the period. You can also say there, admin expenses increasing by 18% compared to the previous period. And that reflects our investment in people over the last 12 months. And in particular, in the first half of this year, we've focused on engineers and project and site management capabilities. So then moving on to the balance sheet. You can see there some growth in intangible assets, and that's as a result of the continued investment in the research and development of the HL 2024 family of products. In terms of capital expenditure, that's been limited in H1. 
Moving on then, trading another receivables. Within that is the accrued income figure. And as you can see, 83% of that accrued income from the year end has now converted to cash. So in terms of cash flow, you can see there that there's a net cash inflow in the period of 2.7 million, and that all helps us to return to that net cash position at the end of age one. The investing activities you can see there includes the half a million uh, euro acquisition of rent the end of April that I mentioned previously. And really there, that net debt bridge is a graphical representation of the previous slide. And really, it does uh, illustrate the unwind of the working capital in the first half of the year. That was effectively a £4.6 million inflow in the period. In addition, you can see there that the small amount of CapEx for the final items of equipment needed for the assembly sites in Toledo, in Spain, and that is now assembling HL 2024 products. I'll now hand back to Matesh to talk about our strategy. So in terms of what's underpinning the growth opportunity for us is really our technology. The Control Flow HR 2024 products, basically the way they work is to improve the efficiency of your cold and hot water systems. They remove what are called pressure fluctuations inside the system. It happens completely naturally there. And in so doing, they reduce the water consumption, water wastage, as our sort of scene. To give you a sense of their performance, if you go and Google, you've got Anglian Water talking about changing people from ordinary water meters onto smart water meters. And they talk about that delivering a 3% saving in water consumption. If you fit our product to an existing water meter, the average saving based on three-year data is 23% in water consumption. And it offers a 99% user satisfaction as well with the water supply. So it's a very, very big saving very, very proven. Because it improves the hot water system as well, it actually cuts gas consumption. And so one of our clients at Crawley Council, they brought in Liverpool University and their report found that residents on average were saving something like £360 a year on their gas and water bills each year. So a very, very big, big saving, as you can imagine, and something that's got people quite excited. And we've got a number of studies going on now just to go and replicate that and to build that and confirm that this is really important. R&D spend is continuing. We spend about 2.4 million pounds a year. On that, we have new patterns on new products which are going through right now. And these are also targeted in the agri-tech sector as well because agri-tech is the biggest user of water. And again, if you improve sprinklers and the like, you can make massive savings on water consumption. In terms of the addressable market, in energy, there's a lot of talk about governments and their commitment towards net zero and the like, understandably so. But that hasn't really changed. You know, the UK target is still there. The government is saying that some of their oil boilers are going to leave in space, in place and the like, which frankly was never going to change anyway. It doesn't make sense to try and take every oil boiler out. But the majority of firms, they want to move to a heat pump solution. And certainly in Europe, that is the case there. The other technology people talk about is hydrogen, but as the trial that uh, the UK was going to do, residents have turned it down. So we don't know at the moment what's going to happen on that space, but we're a technology agnostic company and we can switch if necessary. But right now, heat pumps is where people are going. The 
IHR that you can see is based on using EPUM technologies in socializing buildings, the types of properties that we work in there. And you can see that that particular opportunity in terms of revenue per annum spend on systems that come to end of life is very big. If you look at water, in terms of water stress, it's a global issue. And I'm sure you've seen some of the stories in what's happening in places like Europe, but also in the Far East as well. You know, places like Thailand are also struggling. So again, there's EU legislation to improve water efficiency. The UK has got water company targets there. I talked about the saving with our technology can offer there. And you can see the sort of market size that we can see at the moment. So again, big, big markets that we have to go for in the future. What's our growth strategy? So really, it's largely organic. In terms of the inorganic, we tend to buy small companies that give us the technical capability or an access to market. And in the next slide, we'll show you an example of Matthewson and what that gives us there. But then after making that acquisition, we basically invest in putting in the right people, building up the sales teams, using our technology, training that up. And essentially, we go for an organic growth solution there. So this is an example of that acquisitive strategy in, in action. We bought Matheson Holdings in 2022 for £1.7 million. There. That gave us the credentials to actually bid into the NHS. And if you look on the right-hand side in terms of the opportunity, the market size in this, based on government data, is very, very big. And this is spend which the NHS is committed to because their plant rooms are coming to end of life. They really have no choice there. What the strategy is, is based on the acquisition of Matheson's, we can actually enter into some of these NHS contract frameworks. And that led us to the first win, which is Kingston NHS Trust, an £11.3 million contract. And essentially, if you imagine in terms of GP, we've recovered the investment we've made in Matheson's. And we've got some spare change as well. The pipeline in the space is quite large. You know, each of these are there. We've got tenders outstanding there which you expect to see announcements coming out basically across the coming six to eight months. And hopefully we're successful in one or two more of those because of the size, these will all be RNS announceable contracts there. But this is part of our diversification from our core business at the moment, which is in terms of residential programs in social housing space. These are commercial sites. And essentially, these guys are not seeing the same pressures and the same applications that we're seeing in the residential space. In terms of water, I just wanted to highlight, because we did have a question when we presented the four-year results, what about private sales? And as Ian explained, very roughly right now, 20% is private, 80% is public. It sort of fluctuates between 81 and 83% public at this moment in time. So these two projects are basically in Spain, roughly, Order value is just around 100,000 euros. And these are water projects, etc. But if I drag you all the way down to the bullet at the bottom, you can see in terms of the water saving, this is massive. So both sides saved over 50% of the water consumption. Their payback was less than nine months. And on the back of it there, we've got full-on orders there. So we're expecting as basically as more and more clients understand the capability, understand the fact that they're Users really like to take the water supply that's left for them, but the savings are so big, we're expecting that bit of growth there. And so our goal is to try and grow that 20% to a much higher percentage there.
So in terms of some of outlook, then, we did grow in terms of H1 2024. You know, no bones about it. This year, 2024, is a tough year. You know, it's tough for all companies there. You've seen other companies really struggle quite badly in this space there. Our competitors, in terms of heat pumps, are struggling, and actually the number of competitors reduced because, unfortunately, one or two companies have had to go into administration there. Key wins include the first NHS trust, really, really big vertical that's opened up, and we're going to try and grow that going forward there. And as I said, the international opportunities continue to grow, and we're well positioned to navigate. We've returned to a net cash position. So if we look ahead, possible both this year, FY24 and FY25, we do anticipate that pace of growth is going to be slower than we originally anticipated. You know, we have to allow for what the regulator is saying the stress is in our core market right now. Then we have to adjust accordingly. But what I'd stress is the demand for our solutions remains strong. And although we've taken two big hits, you know, in terms of government change in policy on nutrient neutrality, and this point about in-year problems for some of our clients leading to rephasing of works, we're still going to end the year in a profitable position and an improved net cash position. And our cash conversion for the year is going to remain in excess of 100%. So this is why I and the rest of the board remain confident that the longer-term opportunity for the business, driven by the social economic imperatives, driving the carbon transition is unchanged. You know, if you look, we're sitting in London right now. Outside, it's 23 Celsius in the middle of October. You know, if you look at what the water companies are talking about in terms of water stress and drought, you know, people can't really argue about climate change. It's really happening here and now. So let me pause there. Let me turn it over to you guys to take questions. First question. This is yet another warning. What confidence do you have that you can turn this around? Sure. Um, yes. So as some of you may know, you know, I'm the major shareholder in the company. And when this news came out about 10, 12 days ago, you know, I did go and kick the bin around the, the room for a little while there. But what sort of brings me back is the fact that at the moment we are heavy weighted in terms of the social housing public sector space. But we are changing it. You've seen some of the NHS wins we talk about, some of the other wins which are coming forward. And we have seen, even in the social housing space, some of our clients are stabilizing. Kensington and Chelsea placing that £12.3 million contract. We also have existing clients placing smaller value contracts with us there. So that is coming forward. But for next year, we have to allow for these clients that are needing to rephase because of their in-year budgets. We think, although they haven't raised this question with us, they're going to have to rephase some of their plans. We have to plan accordingly. And so we're giving you, trying to give you 16 months advance notice on next year. But in terms of the overall driver of the business, in terms of why we think we'll succeed, if you imagine and you look at the facts, that really hasn't changed. Our technology is groundbreaking. You know, Bangalore Water's data compared to what the data is on us is quite stunning, I'm sure you'd agree. And that opportunity has not gone away. And the transition to heat pumps, again, has not gone away. We are very, very good at it. We're just dealing with the problem right now that some of our clients in the next 12 months are having a problem in their near budgets. And so our growth plans for this year and next are reduced. But in terms of cash, you know, we have returned to net cash 
end of year, we'll be in an improved net cash position. And could you just carry on on cash a little bit? Whilst cash generation has improved in half one, what confidence do you have for it to increase? Well, all of our contracts are profitable and uh, they do generate cash. We do get paid. Uh, we don't have any uh, bad debts. And in addition, uh, we'll also benefit from the uh, final cash collection in the coming weeks of the uh, elements of accrued income uh, that remains outstanding from the year end. So uh, very positive that uh, cash generation uh, will continue in the rest of this financial year. And related to that, with caution around the full year 24 and 25 results, do you expect a need to raise funds in the short term? The short answer is no. Um, we're at the end of the year, we'll be posting, it's going to be cash positive there. Uh, and at H1, we're already cash positive. End of year will be an improved position there. Uh, we've got strong support from our bank, um, who we've spoken about on this. Um, so we've got those points as well. So we don't see any need to raise cash uh, to meet our working capital growth for next year. What do you think may be the catalyst for local authority phasing of projects? And when do you think it's going to return to normal? Uh, it relates to the impact of inflation on works like cladding and the like they've been having to do. Where, you know, the last 20 months, it has really spiked. The cost of products in that sector, ONS reports, is about 48% higher than it was two years ago. So their capital budgets grow at about 7% per annum. So they've been trying to catch up with that. Now this year, that uh, hard pricing has continued. And so the clients that we've been talking to have got in-year cash budget problems. Now what the regulator is saying is that about half of all social landlords are going to reface investment plans and projects going on this year to manage these pressures. And so we are caught in that space there. And what the regulator is saying is that this is going to continue, but then start to turn from midpoint 2024. So this is the reason why we've downgraded our numbers for next year as well. But this is why we're expecting from FY26 to start to get back into normal. But as I say, some of our clients from next year are going to back into, into a normal situation as well. It is sort of half the, the sector is affected, other half is not. And can you comment on the smaller average contract size and why this isn't increasing, as I thought energy contracts were quite significant? So just on the second point uh, first, uh, energy contract sizes are increasing. Uh, as I mentioned, if we look at the new contracts we've undertaken in H1 for energy, uh, their average contract size is actually 5.1 million. But overall, the, the average contract size uh, has uh, decreased in H1, but that really, uh, I said, as a positive step, that actually reflects the increase in growth in the, the water business, uh, where typically they are smaller contract size, uh, but they are higher margin as well. And do you see the share price now as an opportunity? And can we expect to see directors buying again? It, it, it is an unfortunate situation that we're facing at the moment. Sadly, directors at the moment are under some restriction there. So we are still in a closed period. Uh, but definitely, you know, when we come out of it, um, you know, it's, it, it is an opportunity, really. What are the prospects for water in India and what news flow should we look for? Sure, it's a good question there. So as I said, at the moment, we've got two other states 
uh, that have adopted that technology piece there. So we'll be talking about more about those when we come and present the end year point there. And we've also got the trial going on uh, in up to 4,000 homes, which is by the Indian government. So, so what they wanted to do while they're doing the trial is they want to try and provide water 24-7. And it's a strange thing, but in India, what happens is because the water only comes on for a certain number of hours each day, you do have households at the front end of the pipe using suction pumps to suck up more of the water and fill the tanks in the property there. Now, with our technology, actually, suction pumps don't work. And what they want to do is trial it out to see whether using our technology means you get a more even distribution. So frankly, everybody household, even the ones at the end of the pipe, also get 24-7 water as well. Clearly, if it works, and we're pretty confident it works, as you can imagine, you know, we've seen this sort of application before. Uh, there's a fantastic opportunity because the Prime Minister is committed to moving India into this modern state and they've got some very, very big investment plans in this sector to provide water on a 24-7 basis. So in terms of in, to news flow, expect us at probably at the end of the year to talk about those trials, show you what's going on there. Um, there's an election in India coming forward uh, sort of March time next year to May. So that might impinge upon full-on projects. But this is a priority for the country, for either the incumbent government or for the opposition. So we see some very interesting opportunities. And are there any plans to address the admin expenses increasing by 30% to 8.9 million in the six months compared to half 122 in light of the gross margin being 8.8 million? Um, so in terms of those admin expenses, the, the biggest element of that is our headcount. Um, as we uh, sort of see uh, the, the gross margin, uh, we constantly reviewing our recruitment and uh, retention plans. And, um, but we also need to be mindful that uh, with the increased number of dispersed sites that we're operating on, uh, they will require uh, our presence uh, on those sites to ensure that the uh, quality of work uh, is being maintained. But uh, we do constantly review uh, headcount both from a current uh, requirement and future requirement in light of the changes that we've talked about. And can you provide more information on the debt profile on current borrowings and when the borrowings are due to be repaid and if there are any covenants attached to them? Um, so we had a £6 million term loan facility which we took out in uh, March 22 over a four-year period uh, and that's just uh, being repaid and amortised over the, the period. Uh, in addition, we also have uh, an overdraft facility uh, with a, the same bank, that's a 2.5 million facility, um, and that's there uh, should we need it. Obviously, the half year, uh, that wasn't being uh, utilised. Uh, and in terms of covenants, we have two uh, covenants attached to that bank loan, which are tested annually. And you mentioned being in a closed period for buying shares. What events are responsible for that? We're just waiting for the outcome because these conversations around clients rephasing are still conversations still going on there. So we're just waiting for that to complete, which will be very short. 
And how conservative have you been regarding full year 25? Um, what's your revised guidance currently and what scope do these prospective contract wins have to mitigate your assumed deferment of revenue from works phasing? So in terms of uh, revenue for, for next year, guidance uh, is uh, £85 million. There's a degree of conservatism because I think that's where we find ourselves at this point in time when it's only right that uh, we apply that. Uh, in terms of those opportunities, um, if we're successful, we hope to be in a position where we can look at um, upgrading uh, the, those uh, that revenue forecast. But as we sit here today, uh, we have applied a degree of conservatism based, based on circumstances uh, to date. And we have to be cautious, if I may add, um, for next year, you know, and make sure that um, things are solid there. But yes, as Ian is saying, some of those opportunities come forward there clearly if there's opportunities to uh, improve that guidance and then of course we will. And that's the end of questions. Matesh, do you have any closing remarks? So I just want to close by saying thank you to everybody for their time and just to, just to flag that the drivers underlying the business are unchanged. You know, the points around climate change I spoke about, it's happening now. We have great expertise around heat pumps, which is a chosen technology for most countries about decarbonisation. And in terms of our own in-house technology, that has a great application in water efficiency. And again, that's not changed at all. Our cash position is now stronger. And as the end of the year, we expect to finish off with 1.5 million pounds net cash. We have bank facilities also available that can fund our working capital growth into next year. No contracts have been cancelled. We are simply dealing with clients that have got their own budgetary pressure and we're hoping them through by letting things slip for a few months, but the work is still carrying on. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.